You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show. I'm your host, Fatima Al Sayed, and this week's show is brought to you by Prestige Kitchen and Bath. On this weekly talk show, we invite an expert to learn from their career journeys as professionals in their fields. Make sure to tune in every week at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear the advice of these professionals. And remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section. Today's guest is Zainab Qiyam. Zainab is a medical student. And she says being a medical student is all about studying, trying not to mess up patient encounters, and realizing that even though you are given a white coat, there is still so much you need to learn before entering or earning the, the title doctor. Assalamualaikum, Zainab. How are you? Walaikum assalam. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Um, so your journey to become a med student, was it uh, a lifelong dream or was it something that you just happened to fall into? Um, so I think from an early age, I always wanted to become a doctor mm -hmm. and I kept that in the back of my mind as an, as I went through undergrad, as I went through high school and undergrad, I kept to that dream and kind of, um, be started that journey to become a doctor. But I mm -hmm. like, I asked other people and everyone has a story about like, oh, when was that moment that you mm -hmm. knew you wanted to become a doctor? Like, I wish I could say that I was special enough that I had one of those stories, but I just don't. But you have something special as well. You know, from a young age, you mm -hmm. sort of kept pursuing that. What, what kept you on that road? Because it's hard to fall out of it. Right. I'm sorry, it's easy to fall out of it. Right, right. Um, I think it was knowing that I couldn't really see myself doing anything else mm -hmm. I knew that this was something that I really wanted and I think that having a person like a perseverance to do something will help you toward a journey mm -hmm. so I really wanted to become a doctor I didn't know what kind of doctor I wanted to be but there is this thing about this ideology about being a physician about being able to help people that I really mm -hmm. really attested to and having the support of the people around me to go for that dream mm -hmm. has really helped me stay on that path. And do you think it's important to have that support on this journey? Absolutely. I feel like no matter what you do, mm -hmm. um, and especially in the medical field, you need that support system. You need that foundation, whether it be the people around you, whether it be um, your faith or mm -hmm. your family or your friends, you need that support system because it's 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 a grueling process mm -hmm. and you want people that you can fall back on to kind of hold you stable yeah since you started this uh, at a young age mm -hmm. how did you prepare and how did you um enter college and what was the process in applying for med school so I, I always, when people ask me about this, I always, so I was a hurdler in high school and I always, and I wasn't a great hurdler in high school. I used to like mess up a lot. And I like call this process kind of just like hurtling through, like you're going to hit um, the bars and like you kind of tumble forward, but you just kind of mm -hmm. keep going straight forward. Um, and like, that was the process for me. I knew generally that like the overall goal was how to, was to become a doctor, but I was, you know, first generation, first person in my family to come to, doc, uh, to go to college mm -hmm. and now to do anything postgraduate so like the whole process was just a mystery to me so when I I knew that I want like the first step was I knew I wanted to get into a good college so I worked my butt off in high school I you know found those people around me who also had very similar goals and we kind of mm -hmm. kept each other on track and then we did 
and then when I did get into my undergrad, I went to Boston, Boston College for my undergrad. Mm -hmm. I again kept to the people who had similar goals and ambition as me. And then together we learned how to get to the next step, whether that was like doing well in your science courses, doing the correct volunteer type or Mm -hmm. getting the right letters of recommendation. Um, how, how important is it to have to surround yourself with people of similar goals or ambitions? You know, I think it's very important because every day the game changes, right? Like what is needed, what is not needed, how to get to a certain path. The journey kind of always changes and like networking is a huge thing. So mm-hmm. when you're asking, so my roommate was also pre-med okay. um, <laughs> all four years. Yeah. So she and her dad was a doctor. And she had other friends who knew what was going on. So like, as we were taking the MCAT together, like a huge question was, when are we going to take the MCAT? If we're going straight to, should we take it in April? Should we take it in June? Mm -hmm. When should we do the application process? It's like these sort of questions that like, don't have like a great answer. And you kind of need someone who's already done it before to give you advice. Well, they keep you driven too. Like it was very hard to like wake up early on a Saturday to study for the MCAT and to get ready for your classes but if you had your roommate who could also kind of shame you into getting up like you can't sleep till noon if you sort of help each other yeah yeah you you motivate it's like going to the gym you need that buddy to help you with Mm -hmm. it hey and then BC tell us about that a bit oh I loved it I love Boston College I I the, I, I was watching like the freshmen move in and everyone's like enjoying moving in and I love mm-hmm. everything about Boston College it was actually, actually a Catholic school which like everyone kind of was like that's oh you're yeah you're Muslim <laughs> going to a Catholic school that's kind of very interesting but I like that faith-based yeah aspect of it the school it was a Jesuit school a Catholic Jesuit school and everything mm-hmm. was about service and reflection and knowing about yourself mm-hmm. and connecting yourself and God and your studies and I really, even as a Muslim, like you can find those similarities. And I feel mm-hmm. like anything faith-wise, you find that those similarities that speak to you. And I they really all have love that same base and core. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I really love that about BC. And I, and I loved how it was reflected in its students too. It wasn't just how do I get ahead? It's how do I help a society get ahead? How do I help give back to the people that have given me so much? So what was it like preparing for your um, applications for that school? Um, It was a lot of, you know, hit and misses. I remember generally, uh, we had a pre-medical committee, and I think a lot of undergrads have that too, where they have a committee that will more or less kind of guide you toward the right path. Like first day of freshman year, I kind of knew generally what classes I needed to take. And Mm then... um, I had an amazing mentor kind of right off the bat. He was, he wasn't even one of my professors. He was the professor of my roommate who was kind of known for, yeah, he was kind of known for helping out students, helping in terms of like, if you needed to shadow a physician to like kind Mm -hmm. of like boost your application, he could help connect you. If you're having trouble in like your chemistry class, he could connect you with undergrads. And so like, I knew that he was great. And like, I, I remember just knocking on his office one day and being like, I know I'm not your student, but like, can you still mentor me as well and help me? Help. And he just, <laughs> I know it was very random. And he's like, has my reputation been like that great that random students are coming to my door? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and he has been such an amazing mentor to me. Even still, I, I email him periodically. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the way that this works is that he gave me students or like he helped me succeed 
by sending me to upperclassmen. And now I'm that upperclassman to the students that he sends me. So it's like a great cycle, mm-hmm. a great circle. And I think that's how mentorship works. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and what kinds of uh, things did you do other than that to prep uh, for your application? Like, how did you know what you need to do within your personal life to uh, reflect in a night in a good way on these uh, med schools? Yeah. So it was kind of surprising to me in terms of like, so I thought very superficially that application just meant like having good grades, like having that GPA, mm-hmm. having that good MCAT score and, you know, showing involvement. But I think like when I went through Boston College, I realized that I needed more to be kind of just a whole person, regardless of my application. I just needed to do more. So I was um, the co-president of my Muslim Student Association. And we were very involved on campus, especially like during this time we had the Muslim ban. So it was Catholic Mm -hmm. University that wanted to stand in solidarity with Muslims as everything Mm -hmm. was going on with like the rhetoric with Trump when he was first elected and everything like that. I was a junior in college when that happened. So like, it was like a big, they look to the Muslims on campus to kind of, you know, like how do we stand in solidarity with you? How Mm -hmm. do we help you? So like that, so like helping in that aspect, I was a mentor for Strong and Strong Girls which I love kind of like the helping out in like the middle school, Mm -hmm. elementary age, because that's, I feel like when you are um, kind of developing into the person that you are and like you need that strong guidance from, you know, mentors who are older than you. So I love being able to help out in that aspect. Um, There's a bunch of other like helping with the refugees during the Syrian crisis and stuff like that. So I love being involved into that. And then, and I worked in a lab and undergraduate because I love the research aspect of it too. And then those kind of came up organically during Mm -hmm. interviews. They'd be like, wow, you spent, I spent almost three years in a biochemistry lab. And they're like, wow, you spent a substantial amount of time here. (laughs) Like, tell me about this. Like, and then it just comes, it comes naturally. Your interests come naturally. Mm -hmm. Okay, so moving on from Mm -hmm. college to med school, you get in, what was the most surprising thing? (laughs) Um, I think it was, there's like this ongoing joke with pre-meds that as soon as you get in, it gets easier, like everything gets easier as soon as you get Mm in, and it's not. Not true. (laughs) It's not true at all. I think that there's so many other stresses that come with it there's a huge Mm -hmm. substantial emotional stress that comes with it um there's you know you're picking up your life and you're moving to a place that's going to take up like a good portion of your life and that school Mm -hmm. kind of does take a big portion of your life and sometimes you're not prepared for that and then there's of course the academic stress to it Mm -hmm. when I first started classes I think someone described med school to me as like there's uh it's like a fire hydrant and you're just trying to drink as much water as you can from it and like the fire hydrant being the information and I'm like wow that's really intense and then I'm like wow no that's very true now yeah (laughs) so it's just kind of that aspect is it easy to get sucked into just focusing on only studying and doing your best yeah it really does social life it really does it like you become especially in the first two years when you almost feel like you're just studying because those are your academic years where you're just trying to take in as much information as you can you fall into kind of a loop where you wake up you study you take your eating breaks in between you work out if you work out and then you go to sleep and then you do it all over again and it's a very it's a depressing loop like there's no like you need fun in your life you need joy in your life and then it almost seems like 
you are only a med student, like you could fall easily into that loop. Whereas mm-hmm. you're a whole person, you have other interests, you have other hobbies, you have other things that you have to nurture. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you manage this? You're in your second year um, of med school mm-hmm. right now. So can you describe a day in your life? Yeah. So um, uh, I wake up. I so I don't go to classes because classes are recorded. So I find a nice and I'm I'm the type of person who can't stay in like one seat for too long. So <laughs> lectures go from like nine to four mm-hmm. or nine to th- depending on the day, but usually like nine to three, nine to four. And I can't stay in a lecture hall for that long. So they do get recorded. I do watch them on my own time. So I'll find a place that I can do that amount of studying. Mm-hmm. So I, I hop from rooms to rooms. I'll do, I'll be in my bedroom. Then I'll go to the library. Then I'll go to the cafe and I'll do that. And then as I'm doing that, I'm also um, like facilitating other emails and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just finished getting off of a week long um, summer camp for middle schoolers to expose them to like STEM and medicine. Mm-hmm. And so like I'll like this week, I've been like tying up loose ends, finishing the video, thinking uh like the cardiology department the surgery department for coming in and showing so we do that and then I'm also trying to secure kind of shadowing so because we you want to find out what you want to do in medicine so the best way to do that is try to shadow other physicians yeah. to ask them what they do and then kind of get a feel for it mm-hmm. and then I'll come home I'll try to work out I'll call my mom and then I sleep and do it all over again but you still get to have those things in between that make you um, happy as a person. Oh, yeah. Just the studying. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So this, you take every opportunity that you can. So this yeah. weekend, my, uh, I have a friend whose sister's out of town. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. can you pet sit for me? And I'm like, absolutely. So now I'm in <laughs> Connecticut, even though med school's in New York, I'm in Connecticut for two mm-hmm. days doing that. Um, I'm really close to my family. So any chance I get to go home, which is, you know, I make it a priority to go home a lot because they really, they're, they're, they're a great separation from med school. Mm-hmm. So I live 40 minutes away. So I'll hop a bus and go back to Jersey to be with my family. Um, I love food. So every time I get a chance to go to a good restaurant, I do that. Mm-hmm. I, you make those, you make those a priority. You put them into your schedule so that you yeah. can wake up and do it again the next day. Because there's no real schedule. You're creating your own schedule based on how you work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit dangerous because you chip off the hours that you need for studying. And then an <laughs> exam comes up and you're like, oh, wow, I should have. I should have sat and sat down. And yeah. <laughs> should have made a tighter schedule. Yeah. Um, so now that you're in your second year, um, mm-hmm. there's uh, how, how important is it to have those mentors in your life? And what? advice did they give you in terms of how to continue in your next two years and so on um it's I it's very important I'm a big big advocate for mentors because honestly they keep you grounded in mm-hmm. this, in that like I remember I was so first I, I finished my first week of second year this week and I remember first day of or, our orientation only lasts a couple of hours they have like a two week they have like a week-long orientation for the first year but for the second year they kind of do they're like you know what you're doing and then throw you <laughs> off but like one of the first sessions was like oh step at the end of second year which is the first part of the uh licensing exam mm-hmm. and you know it's 
And then all of a sudden, my class is 140 kids. So all of a sudden, we see 139 kids, like, ruffling around, getting nervous. And then so, like, that becomes your entire world. And you start freaking out. And then mentors help you figure out like they help you they help ground you they know you Mm -hmm. they they prevent the freak out and being like you know what you're gonna be okay don't worry about it this isn't the end of the world medicine there's so much other things down Mm -hmm. the journey and mentors kind of like pick you up when you're down and that's really helped me so I talked to a third year this week just being like I need how did you study because I don't (laughs) even know how to approach going toward this exam Mm -hmm. and she's like you know what this is what I did this is what I did this is how I helped and then you ask someone else and then they give you their advice and then they give you words of encouragement which I Mm -hmm. think are very important because in the end of the day you will do it you just it's but it's easy to fall into like that Mm -hmm. yeah and the, the stress of being a student student and studying mm-hmm. is different than the stress of um, being a doctor and having these lives in your hands. Um, can you tell us a bit about that emotional yeah. stress? Have you dealt with it before? Yeah, I remember. So it's like a very poignant uh, mm-hmm. experience for me is like for us, uh, anatomy and physiology is the first six weeks of medical school. So mm-hmm. you do a full dissection of a cadaver, a human being, like a, a, a body in the first six weeks. So you're a cheery eyed, you know, first year student. And all of a sudden you're thrown into this anatomy lab and you're told to learn everything you possibly can from this body. And that's kind of like, it, it takes you on a, a toll because for me, especially, I felt myself falling into this loop of not seeing this person as a real person, but just a bunch of body parts that I can you know, learn from and then me and then getting upset with myself that I was falling into that loop being like, no, this is, Mm -hmm. this is a person and then like having to deal with those aspects of death and stuff like that. And there's really no training for this. They just kind of throw you in, you get, you you find yourself in experiences where I was talking to a patient who had, who had a really rare form of leukemia and he was like six years old and had like so many surgeries already done and like living in this constant like state of pain mm-hmm. and then you're just put you're you're directed to kind of go in there take the history like learn about this case and then come report back to an attending and like so that you don't have like you're not really given training about how to cope with those kind of things you're just told mm-hmm. to like do it in like a very clinical manner and then like leave but we're humans we're people and mm-hmm. Like we have emotions when it comes to people that that's what makes like we have empathy and we and and we feel the, their sadness and we feel their pain and that's what makes you um, human. So for me, um, like dealing with those stresses, it's like you have to kind of find your own way of coping. Mm-hmm. And med school was kind of like the first time in my life that like I was put into a lot of emotional stress as along with academic stress and it was like one of those surprises that you know really hit me Mm -hmm. and emotional stress really does take a toll on you yeah it does um does being someone who um is religious or values Mm -hmm. uh, the cores of religion help you deal with death and deal with this type of emotional stress Absolutely. Um, I always, I I tell people that it's always my foundation. It's always the way that I, you know, when something gets extremely, either extremely good or extremely bad, Mm -hmm. it's like that, it's that stability in my life that I fall back on. Mm -hmm. And it's that knowing that like, you know, 
Allah is all knowing and everything has a purpose. And like, there's always, like, even in death, there's always like redemption and, and, mm-hmm. and, and like a good ending and like stuff like that. And like, knowing that, you know, death isn't the end. I think that was like one of the biggest aspects for me. Like, if you see death and knowing that's not the, that's not the finality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and having, again, that foundation that religion has, that calmness that religion has, it really, it, it, it gives you that stability and mm-hmm. that thing that I really, I really cherish. Um, okay. So moving on from this topic more into uh, the hardest thing in the actual process of continuing through med school, even throughout the application process, what was the hardest thing? Um, I think the hardest thing was the, the doubts and the holes that you'd fall into being like, mm-hmm. you know what, I can't do this. And toward, I think, so I applied, so I applied toward my end of my junior year into my senior year and that entire mm-hmm. hole, like, I think once a week, I'd be like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get in. Like, this is like, and I don't know what to do for the rest of my life if I don't get in. And like that self-doubt, it's like one of the most dangerous things. And it's natural to have it, right? Like you see, you co- people naturally compare themselves to other people. Yeah. And you hear horror stories about like, <laughs> oh, they had a 4.0 and like perfect this, perfect that. And they still got rejected. And you get so freaked out. You're like, then why would anyone want me? Yeah. But the biggest thing that I learned is truly just believing in yourself as a person, and 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 knowing that you will succeed like inshallah like everyone will succeed and everyone as long as you work hard towards this and and you work toward this goal if you press persevere you will make it and i think just the hardest part through the application process and even through med school now too it's like you have those uh self-doubts am i good enough am i gonna make it am i smart enough and to kind of just squish that behind because we are our own worst enemy kind of thing. It's like mm-hmm. the ideology we're our worst enemy. No, you're like, you'll do it. You'll succeed and you'll be great. And yeah. This is why you need mentors to tell you that you're yes. great. <laughs> yeah, because if I tell myself it's fine, but like if like a, a physician tells me that I'm going to be great and I'm going to succeed, I'm going to believe them. <laughs> what are your next steps? Where do you see yourself in the future? um currently I'm trying to figure out what I want to do after med school like I need to learn how to I need to find a specialty so that's kind of where I'm at at the moment um so I'm shadowing a bunch of physicians and I'm kind of trying to figure out a lifestyle what do I see myself after graduation how do Mm -hmm. I uh like specialty wise location wise those kind of things um but in terms of who I am as a person, like the things that I like to do outside of the thing, the advocacy work that I do do, I feel like I do want to continue that mm-hmm. regardless of where I am in my medical profession. And why is it, um, I think we spoke a bit about how important it is to have uh, extracurriculars, have all mm-hmm. these involvements in the community and outside um, and clubs and things. Right. Why is it important to have these involvements and be so passionate about them um and why is there such a stress on this in med school applications right so my best understanding of it is that doctors aren't just students who memorize a textbook and can Mm -hmm. regurgitate it back they're whole people they're advocates you're when you become a physician 
you are put up into this higher standard of not only are you caring, you're caring for a society, you're caring for its people. And to understand, and to get to that point, you need to understand its people. You need to advocate for its people. Mm-hmm. So when pe- when your application kind of shows that, you know, you are a full person, like you're not just the academic type, you are getting involved, whether it's, you know, your, your research side, whether you're trying to pique that interest, whether you're volunteering here or whether you're advocating for this, it shows kind of the whole person. And not only when you do that, you gather information, like you absorb information from other people we learn best from the people around us Mm -hmm. I'm always awed by the people I talk to like in all the people that I talk to because I learn so much from what they've done like some of the great passions that they have just Mm -hmm. talking to like some of my first year medical students the experiences that they have and the experiences that they're able to bring into their training to not only teach themselves but to teach the population you're you're trying to build a generation of physicians who understand the whole person yeah and that's so inspiring um I think this make gives gives it more of a personal touch Mm -hmm. that when you are applying to med school um don't think of it as just a job that you're applying for but rather a lifestyle that you're going to continue because it's a long road right it's not a checklist it's it's building yourself up as a Mm -hmm. person yeah. What's the most important piece of advice uh, you've been given um, on how to uh, deal with the stress of the job in the future and also advice or just advice in general that you've been given that you really mem- remember? Um, the best advice that I've been given is that uh, to keep your eye on the prize Mm -hmm. it's it's you know what like not falling it's that you can do it but you have to keep motivated motivation I think is a huge thing motivation and perseverance will get you to what you need Mm -hmm. and it's very easy to fall back on it thinking that you know you don't have the academic success as people you don't have like the same skills that you have as people because everyone Mm -hmm. kind of starts off at like a different playing field People have different um, privileges that allow them to get uh, ahead quicker. And and it's easy to feel dejected when you're not that. Yeah. And coming from um, a background where I was first gen, and this was all very new. And I feel like you already feel like you don't have a leg up in the competition. Mm-hmm. The best advice that I ever got from a mentor was being like, forget what you see, but keep your eye on the prize. Because you know what? There will be instances where... You know, it may seem like society's not trying to let you get ahead or maybe like certain, like you'll have certain instances from like a mentor, um, from a superior that pulls you down or something like that. But like just to keep, keep strong in your own um, mm-hmm. being and like have, be, be persistent and you'll succeed. Yeah. We've spoken quite a bit about um, the stresses, the mm-hmm. most surprising challenges, mm-hmm. everything like that. Uh, but what what keeps you going what, why do you keep doing it <laughs> yeah I was as you're saying all that I'm like wait I gotta interject med, med school is great <laughs> yeah like I don't want to paint this picture that it's like the hardest thing in the world and stuff like that it's hard I'm not gonna sugarcoat it it's hard it's a lot of work it's so fulfilling though it is so so fulfilling mm-hmm. one a great encounter with a patient 
makes up for like weeks and months of like putting yourself like studying till no ends when you get an answer right or when you can help someone or Mm -hmm. when you can listen to someone's story or just take an ounce of pain away it is so so fulfilling and it's one of those professions that you just learn every single day and you're always in awe of of just how much there is to know about medicine how much that patients bring onto the table I remember it so I'm like studying um I'm studying the our subject right now is uh brain and behavior so Mm -hmm. it's like getting all knowing everything that I need to know about the brain and even stuff I never thought I wanted to know about (laughs) but then like when you pull yourself out of that aspect and you're like wow this is so beautiful the way that everything is so intricately set up Mm -hmm. and you know it enforces your belief in God because you're like how could something like this be made or like like there has to be a higher power for this Mm -hmm. and it's just it really it really grounds you and you just you're always in awe and it's like one of the best professions because you get to kind of keep learning about this and you get to kind of have these amazing experiences with these patients and and it's it's worth it and like that's it's it's hard profession but when you can put in that effort and you can see it and you can see it help someone else, it's it's the best thing in the world. Well, that's absolutely beautiful. And unfortunately, we've come to the end of our show. But before we end, I want your final piece of advice for our listeners today. Yeah. So to everyone who's trying, regardless of the profession that you are going for, never be be your own advocate be your own supporter be your own cheerleader because I know that it's hard there are going to be points of self-doubt and there's going to be points of um, Mm -hmm. times where you don't think you can do it and you know we're kind of our worst enemies in that way but pull yourself out and surround yourself with people who will help you get to your goal because in the end of the day you will get there whether it be mentors whether it be friends whether it be family let yourself be around those people who can help you get there and be your own advocate to get to that goal that you want to because you will get there, inshallah. Inshallah. Thank you so much, Saina, for Of course, thank you so much. And your insight today. Oh, thank you so much. It was great to talk to you. It was amazing having you on the show. Thank you. Uh, before we come to a complete end, we just want to remind everyone that Emoja will be kicking off the academy in multiple cities in the fall. If you'd like an academy near you, please make sure to email academy at umojaoutreach.org. You are just listening to the UMentor talk show. If you miss this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under prior talk, so, talk shows. And while you're there, you can also subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you'd like to reach out to, the, to today's speaker um, to ask her any questions you may have, uh, please visit our online platform at umojaoutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups or visit the UMentor website and hit the link for online platform. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 3 p.m. to hear from more professionals. And thank you for listening to our show today on Facebook Live.